back to the pages of light podcast your destination for discussions of popular fantasy and science fiction novels from a christian worldview my name is tyler aka verum and with me as always is gabriel aka the quarantine quartermaster welcome back how you doing today howdy ho i'm ready ready for more wheel of time we've been doing a lot of wheel of time i feel like uh we did book one in what was that december or november some somewhere around we, there we're on <laughs> we're on the sixth episode of robert jordan straight that's true yeah but so it has we a, have done a good amount that's true that's like if you're, that's almost half the podcast <laughs> yeah that's true this is the uh this is the 15th episode of the podcast so six of them now have been on the wheel of time so if you're not a wheel of time fan don't worry we're going to be doing some other books after this podcast we're going to yeah be come back next week or next episode yeah next episode i'll just give you a, a plug here we're going to be doing promise of blood by brian mcclellan book one of the powder mage trilogy um it's like magic meets uh guns. early 1800s yeah guns <laughs> so it's like political intrigue war games magical mysteries stuff like that it should be good i'm about halfway through it right now so it's pretty yeah. good so far and i and i've read it and i i recommended it to tyler so i'm excited that we get to do um this uh as part of the podcast it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah um yeah so we're gonna do that we're gonna plan to do some more dune as well we're gonna do dune messiah upcoming up here and then we will uh see where we go from there um but yes well welcome back to the podcast so this is pages of light make sure you guys follow us on social media you can go to pagesoflight.com um you can go over to youtube and subscribe if you want to watch the video version and uh, if you want to support us um as we said in this episode we're going to be doing part two of uh book two of the wheel of time the great hunt um, by robert jordan and if you want to check out the last episode we did on part one i will leave a link down in the the uh, description uh the first episode we did uh mostly we're basically just walking through the plot and giving our thoughts as we go along so episode one we went from the beginning to um basically when they get back through the portal stone and there so we're going to pick up uh, this episode in Karian. So, uh, well, we're going to pick up right after they get out of the portal stone. So there's one thing that happens before the Karian that we'll touch on. So, but before that, we're going to do another favorite quote from, uh, the book here. So I'll, I will go first. My quote is from, uh, Celine talking to Rand uh, this is in chapter 16, whenever they're in the uh, the other world, in the portal kind of area, um, where they meet Selene. And so Selene says to Rand, Some men choose to seek greatness, while others are forced into it. It is always better to choose than to be forced. A man whose force is never completely his own master. He must dance on the strings of those who forced him. If you find the horn of Lear, there will... There will be no avoiding greatness, but will it be forced on you or will you take it? 
That is the question. Um, yeah, so I like this I quote. It was, um, I just, I like the idea of like, you have to choose to like be a great person. Um, like if you're like, she basically, like she says, like if you're forced into being like becoming a great person, like someone else is kind of like telling you what to do in a sense. Like, but if you're choosing to, uh, achieve something great, then you are like the master of your own destiny. Like you make the decisions and, um, <clears throat> like you have more ownership over it as well. Um, so yeah, that was a cool quote and pertinent to Rand because, you know, Rand finding the horn, like he's going to become, he is the dragon reborn, right? So he's going to be something great. So it's basically the question is like, are you going to be the one who's controlling the narrative or are you going to let somebody else like direct you and tell you what to do? Like, do you want to take ownership of, of your own life essentially? So I think it's good words of wisdom to like take ownership of our own life. And if you uh, want to achieve something great, like do it yourself and don't let, don't let other people like um, don't let other people try to control um your life i guess yeah 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 that's good and it is kind of like an important like you know robert jordan posed this question for a reason and the fact that you know rand is at a pivotal point where he can either choose or have it forced upon him um so good selection (laughs) thank you what is your quote all right so mine is from Egwene after she was deleshed um, from the um, Sean Chan. So it says, she hurt me, Nynaeve, she hurt me. They all did. They hurt me and hurt me until I did what they wanted. And I hate them. I hate them for hurting me and I hate them because I couldn't stop them from making me do what they wanted. Um, so this is like a moment where like- Very emotional. Uh, yeah, very emotional moment for Egwene. Um, and just to be in that place of complete submission to, like, if you even have a thought that is mm-hmm. different from what your owner wants you to do, yeah. like, you will be so physically hurt. And then there's no there's no marks on your body. You just get to go through all the terrible, horrible sensations of it. Um, and I just feel like, you know, a lot of people who like, there are a lot of people out there who are living and hurt. I watched this video on, um, on like God and hell. And it was an interesting perspective. This is from, uh, if you've ever seen the Bible project on YouTube, um, it said in the beginning, God made heaven and earth. And then what the, um, the author or the the writer for the Bible project, um, Tim something, um, you know, he said it didn't say that God made heaven and earth and hell. It just says heaven and earth. And he kind of linked it to like, we live in a fallen world and we have the power not only to bring heaven to earth, but we also have the power to bring hell to earth. Um, and, you know, I just think about the people who are living in a hell day to day. They don't have enough food. Uh, they're in abusive relationships. They are in a, um, 
multi-generational like societal loop where they can't break out and become free like these are hells that we have created here on earth and Mm -hmm. you know when she said they hurt me they hurt me and um they made me do what they wanted to do like some people are in these situations and they don't have they just feel like there's no way out and there's no hope in the world and this this quote just really spoke to me about how like when you meet someone like you don't know their story and you don't know why the think uh the way they think and why they think that way and some people are put in these situations where they are hurt by relationships people society institutions you name it and um you know we need to be there and and help these people like god wants us to help all people and um you know that's why we shouldn't be too quick to judge because you know we may have had a leg up where other people may have been like kept down um so we just have to meet people where they are and understand that sometimes people want to be better or they want to be different but the situations that they've been placed in are just too much and they've been has been thrown upon them Yeah, that's a good word. Good quote. Thank you for sharing. Um, as always, if you have a favorite quote from the book, leave it down in the comments and uh, let us know why you liked it and what uh, what you thought, it, uh, like how it spoke to you, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's favorite quotes. Um, now we can just jump into more of the plot of the book. Where we last left our uh, heroes, um, we had Matt, Perrin, no, Rand, Huron, Loyal, and Selene escape the portal stone, and Selene decided, uh, well, they, they, like, they came out ahead of where Padon Fane and his little crew are, because they, like, gained... They either gained time or they were able to travel a farther distance through the portal. Um, right. So they're basically like at a point ahead of where the other people are. And so they're basically waiting for them to catch up to them. And so uh, whenever this happens, they're able to basically uh, watch them come up where they camp and then they can. So basically they sneak into their campsite, steal the horn and and just run away essentially um and so they they yeah they successfully do this um loyal is tasked with carrying this like chest that has the horn and the dagger inside of it and so they travel to karian selene decides that she wants to go ahead and not be with them whenever they arrive at karian because she's sneaky and mysterious and we don't know why just yet so that's interesting but she leaves him a note and i don't remember what the note said basically just that she's leaving and that she's going to kari and she'll see him in Karian, right yeah because uh they're in like a little town um and they are seeing this monument being unearthed and we get a little bit of background yep. from Varen Sedai saying it's like a huge Angreal, a way to like magnify the power of um, the male side of um, the one power, um, Sidene. And 
then she was like, you can't use it unless both sides. So, like, is this thing that they're unearthing, like, going to be used in the final battle against the Dark One? Um, you know, when Rand becomes true, Dragon Reborn, like, is this somehow going to play, like, a role in this? Um, so the idea is that the, the crew working on it is up-earthing it and then bringing it to Karian, um, and, and that's where it's going to end up, um, because the people there can afford to do crazy stuff like this, like a huge excavation and a big move. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, like Tyler said, like Celine leaves this note saying, like, I'm heading to Karian, um, and the innkeeper was all like, you should have gone up and like tried to get into her room you lord and <laughs> and that's where rand was like in his like yes i'm gonna make Celine upset mode like i'm gonna be as pedestrian as i can be i'm gonna play all these dirty songs and make all these soldiers laugh and uh and i'm gonna play the flute even though i'm supposed to be a lord yep. so he's being stubborn rand there he's just like i'm yep. gonna do it because everyone expects me to be a lord i don't want to be a lord <laughs> yep, I kind of forgot about that scene. Yeah, because they, they get the horn, they flee, they get to the little village first before they go to Kari, and that's where they meet. Um, I can't remember this guy's name. There's like some captain of the guard or whatever who gives them like an escort from the little village to Kari, essentially. Yep, correct. And yeah, and I, I forgot can't remember his name. His as name. Well. But yeah, he's like somebody important in uh, Kari. I think he's like a, he's like a captain of some one of the lords of Karian like their their army there so and uh so he thinks that Rand is a lord as well because uh because of his clothes and he is he also looks like an Aielman so uh people think that he's like a foreigner coming down and he's like trying to play the game you know and I love um, that he's called Rand of House Althor yeah <laughs> Yes, that's right. Um, that, was, that was that was pretty clever. It's pretty it's fun. weird because like Rand d- didn't like ask for any of this. People just like assumed all of these things about him, and he's just like, I guess I just have to like go along with this because this is what people will think. And basically, they're saying like, you can tell people that you're not a lord, but they're just gonna think that you're lying to them. So, like, whatever he does, basically, it doesn't matter. Like, he can't get out of the scenario, which is too bad for him because he doesn't really want to play. He doesn't want to play their game. So, um, but before we get to uh, Karian, you mentioned Varen Sedai, and I kind of forgot. We didn't really talk about, like, because she wasn't originally with the party. She originally had went with, uh, I think it was Moraine. Uh, back to Tarvalin, or maybe she didn't get all the way to Tarvalin. But I think she may have been sent yeah, back they were on before a they got on the boat. Ship. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think before they got, before on, the she got on the boat. Yep. Yeah. So basically, Moraine sends Varen Sedai to go back to watch over uh, Rand because they don't want because uh, they know he's the Dragon Reborn, so they want to make sure they're keeping an eye on him and uh, they know what's going on with him. And so she is with the. Uh, other group, the other party, uh, after they got separated uh, through the portal. She's stones. with Inktar. Yeah, so she's with Inktar and Perrin and Matt. 
and the rest of the uh, Shonda Ren soldiers. So, um, and one other thing I thought was um, cool with the with that other party while they were in the portal stone was uh, that Perrin kind of gets to reveal to Ingtar that he's like a wolf brother, but they kind of play yeah. it off as if like, oh, he's also a sniffer. Wow, what are what luck we have. Um, so I thought that was just kind of funny where they're they're basically playing up that he's a sniffer whenever he's actually not um, and he's able to commune with the wolves and figure out where uh, and they gave Pot him a Anthony name is. the wolves gave him a name and they gave Rand a name um, so they gave um, Perrin the name Young Bull Young Bull and yep and he was like the killer of the white cloaks um, oh, yeah. from the first book. And they called him um, Young Bull. And then they also gave Rand a name, which is escaping me at the moment. Um, like, uh, it's, I can't remember now. Everyone in the comments is going to hate me, but something like Shadow Stalker or something. <laughs> yeah, that's totally not right, but that's all <laughs> Leave I Leave a comment and tell us what it is. <laughs> Yeah, please. We'll probably look it up. We'll find figure it Show out. Show me mercy. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Um, yeah, I just thought that was a funny thing. Just wanted to, to mention that. Um, because basically they're like following. So it's like they were all together. They split up. Uh, Rand gets to take like a shoots and ladders uh, detour. He gets to take the slide all the way down to the end. <laughs> and... Uh, so they have to, to like wait for them to catch up, and uh, so they uh, go to Karian after this uh, escort from this uh, captain, and they go to I can't remember the name of the inn that they went to. There was a lot of stuff in Karian that happened, so it's gonna be hard to remember all the names. Um, but the big thing in Karian at the very beginning is that we get to discover that some character is not dead but he is in fact alive and that character is tom maryland he survived the attack of the the murdral although he he lost all he's of his limping yeah he's limping and he lost all of his uh instruments because he gave them to rand and matt um but rand is able to return his instruments and he was very very happy about that i'm just glad that tom maryland's not dead because he's an awesome character and i like to hear his stories and his uh his musical musical talents yeah for sure are you happy that tom is not dead oh yeah i um i'm very happy that tom isn't dead Uh, but i'm also a little annoyed with him because i i hate when people do this so he like he's like oh he does two things um when he gets his harp back, he was like, did you touch the harp? And Rand's like, no, I didn't touch the harp. He's like, well, that's good. Your sheep herder fingers were never meant for this musical instrument. And then in the next breath, he's like, well, at least you could have kept it in tune for me. So he's all upset that the harp's like way out of tune. And then I'm like, you're telling him to do two things. You don't want him to touch it. But then you also, you can't have it both ways, Tom Marilyn. Come on, buddy. Um sorry that was uh i just went off a little bit right there but that's okay um so yeah i thought i thought it was cool and then also just very tragically so tom is like seeing this this woman and she's 
yep. uh, learning to be like a female um, Gleeman, basically. Her name's her name's Dina. Dina, that's right. And at, when Tom Marilyn uh, is introduced, he gets you know he talks to Rand and gets his stuff back, and because. Um, him and Rand go to the same party and the, it comes out that they kind of know each other. Dina is kind of like this um, collateral damage and yeah. she's killed um, by henchmen um, yeah. for, I think, the king of Carian or the who's yeah. ever has in the most power. Um, and And he loved her and she loved him and then he ends up um what was his plan after uh after she's found dead he wants to like kill the guy who did it but also leave town yeah I'm is that where we remember. leave tom i think that's i where thought he was tom. gonna go south to uh ilian yeah Maybe i'm not. having trouble remembering um but we don't see him for the rest of the book. I think that's yeah. where... After they leave Kari, the... we don't get to see him anymore. Yep. Um, so he's still... But he has to he has to leave because his life's in danger. Um, he's also upset and sad. Um, so just kind of tragic little thing that yeah. happened to him there. Yeah. <clears throat> that's what happens when you get involved in the game. The great game. Um, yeah, so he... Basically, the great game is like this political conniving aspect of the city of Karian. There's a lot of like different factions, it seems like. Um, and whenever Rand is, whenever he gets to Karian at these different inns, all these people, like, there's a whole bunch of like rumors like floating around, like, oh, look. Who is Rand and where is he from and what's he a lord of and all this kind of stuff and all these people want to know who Rand is, and so he gets a ton of like letters and invitations from all the different houses and factions and they're inviting him to their parties that they're having and all sorts of stuff. So <laughs> Rand's like, I'm not doing any of these things, nothing. Don't bother me with these things. And he takes like a big handful of these letters and just like throws them into the fire, and then. Uh, Huron is like, that was a bad, that was a bad thing to do. They're all going to think you hate them or whatever. Now they're going to be really mad. Um, so like in Rand's attempt to like not play the game, he's like playing into the game by making such like a bold statement about like what I think he's about like making letters. a super move. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like in his like naivety, he's making like a power move against all these factions. Like, you see this? I'm going to throw this in the fire because I don't want it. Because he just doesn't care. That's right. <laughs> and it would matter. And so, like, he basically gets invited to, like, the two most powerful houses. Yeah. Um, which is exactly <clears throat> what he needs because that's when um, Varen meets back up with him and that they, they've learned that um, yeah. the... Uh, so the, so Rand has the horn and Loyal ha, uh, is kind of guarding it and so is Huron but it's actually stolen <clears throat> in Carian and it's tracked to one of the Lord's houses and so uh, Rand has an invitation to go to this house for a party and he brings Varen and Matt Coffin and um, himself obviously 
and then maybe Inktar. I think it was Inktar. Yeah, I think it was Inktar as well. Um, I think, and, so, and he has to. He has, he wants to bring Matt because Matt can sense where the dagger is. That's that's right. That's his job to go find the dagger. And I thought it was funny because like Matt had to play like as Rand's like servant or whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he had to be like you go to the kitchens or whatever and get me something to drink or something like that to like have an excuse for him to leave the party in a sense. Yeah. I just thought it was funny because sore about it. Yeah. Because the whole, through the whole book, he was like, Oh, Lord Rand's too good for us. He wants to leave. And then like this exact same thing happens exactly how he said it would. (laughs) I just thought it was funny. He's like, Oh, Matt, that that was too bad for you. Um, So there, so they're at the Lord's house, and then they find that the um, the Horn of Valir and um, the Dark Friends have escaped through a way, way gate, which is there on the premises. And so Rand is in pursuit, and he goes to open the way gate, uh, but he can't get through because Mon Chin Chin, the Dark Wind, or, um, or the Black Wind of the Ways, is guarding the door. And he has to... Um, get it pushed back inside and he gets um he uses sidine i think to push it back and then he closes mm-hmm. the the way gate and yep. then they're like well i guess we're not going through this way and then they like exit the party um and then it now becomes how um so rand is leaving the party and the lord says well i wasn't going to tell you this but i'm going to tell you it now um the Pot on Thane left a message for you, said he'd wait for you on Toman Head. And I think he's with the promise that if Althor does not show up, that he will hurt the people of Evans Field. And so this becomes the new motivation for Rand yep. to pursue Pot on uh, Thane and figure out where he went. And so they have to find a way to pursue him. And they're looking for another way into the ways which is just how the dark friends um traveled from karian to tomon head yep yeah uh, um so they get sorry to go I, to... I just need to say before we go any further sure um should i should i talk about my my celine things my oh yes my we can't leave the people uh, hanging they were they yeah. waited for the, till part yeah. two now okay. we got we got to tell him. What's, so in Karian, right, Celine shows up for like a scene and a half. Yeah, a like, half second. Yeah, she like shows up and she's like, where's the, the party? Where's the horn? No, she was like in the streets. Like it was Rand and Loyal oh, yes. and That's Celine. Right, yeah, and yeah so they, I like, think it was as they were running away after the, there was some like explosion. Yep. Um, yeah. There's like fireworks makers. And the Trollocs are like looking for them and they're worried. And then Celine's yep. there and she's totally okay. And then also, really quick, they're like, Celine has a way of, of um, influencing those around her. So there was, a, there was a thing like when they were in that end before she disappeared, after the portal stone, before she disappeared. And like, there was this scene where she like was looking very upset. And then uh, a, a person, a, a serving lady, like, drops a whole, like, dish of stuff. And, like, and she's like, oh, my arm had such a twinge. And I really think that those two things are linked. 
I think that Celine being upset, like, caused this woman's arm to, like, twinge. And, like, through some, like, her just feeling that way. And I just picked up on that. I was like, that is so interesting. Uh, and, and I forget, like, the actual description. I'd have to go back and, like, look at that part. But it was just, like, Celine is upset and then things are manifesting, like, in the world. Like, there's, like, there's a power around her. Sure. Um, Anyway, so, all right, two guesses. All right. Um, one, link to the Sean Chan. So when the Sean Chan show up, they have Grom, okay? No one knows what Grom are. Celine knows what Grom are. Um, so, one, she could be someone of the Sean Chan, okay? Number two, she has uh, forbidden knowledge, and she's kind of in love with Rand. Um, I, I just don't know. What if she's Lanfear? Because we just have Lanfear just show up at the end of the book for, like, a page. And she is like, he is mine. And, like, she's the most... I'm trying to remember who she r- is, though. She Who's is a Forsaken. Again? She's a female Forsaken. Okay. Um, and she shows up for like a page and she was like she confronts men and and rand is out cold and so that's like he can't identify that she's celine if she is celine but just that um and she all and celine also hates Aes Sedai. um and so i was thinking that the forsaken had to fight against Aes Sedai. so there's mm-hmm. kind of like um and then like this deep knowledge that um like if you have been a forsaken and you've been around for thousands of years, you might have picked up a few things. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I was wondering if Celine was Lanfear. Um, so those are my those are my two Celine things, either of the Shan Chan or um, I, doesn't I like, like the, Aes Sedai. I like the Lanfear Sorry, idea. Yeah, that's a good. So, I like that. So one. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Well, all it's right. Sort of Sorry. Like, no, all good. Like. <laughs> You're saying like her like emotions are manifesting stuff like outside in the world. Yeah, like like I'll have to figure out where that part is in the book and tell you to read mm. it. Um but yeah, she's like in that well, it's in the end after the portal stone and, and like she she's just like, Oh, my arm gave such a twinge right there and it was something mm. in the description right before that about how Celine was upset with the situation and i think like her anger and her frustration like needed a way to get out and i think that she is kind of magical in some way because yeah she does seem to be have some kind of magical affinity and just the fact that as well like she's always trying to get rand to like give Give into temptation yeah it's like uh, like Like, don't you want the horn rand don't you want me by your side rand yeah see there's something like it seems like she's trying to give rand what he wants but it's there seems to be like some kind of sinister motive for herself in all of it is what Mm. it seems like yeah yeah so those are some good theories we'll uh we'll have to only time will tell (laughs) maybe we'll have to read five more books and then we'll find out maybe i don't know um 
Yes. So they need a way to get um, to Tomon's head. Or Tomon head, not Tomon's head. Um, because they can't go through the ways because of the... Uh, the dark the black wind the black wind is blocking the way so they decide to go to um a ogier steading which is very close to karian because varen sadai knows that there is a portal stone that is uh there because i think they ran told her about the other portal stone that they went through so she's like oh you went through the portal stone like i know there's another similar portal stone over at this place that we could potentially use and that would be basically the only way that we could get there quickly right so mm -hmm. without walking all the way there which they don't want to do um so they get to go to the ogier setting um i i liked going into the ogier setting and it was really cool to see uh like loyal's interaction with uh the people there because they're all like watching him oddly and uh there was something about like all the women were were watching him because he's like a single ogier and they were looking to like uh marry him off in a sense like cuz he's being too hasty Tyler he's being yeah. too hasty he needs a yeah. he needs a wife to settle him down yeah, that's right i just thought it was like a funny scene and like loyal loyal he seems like he's very uncomfortable and he wants to oh, very leave as quickly as possible so <clears throat> yeah, that was that was fun. I like that. Yeah. He was definitely very uncomfortable. Yeah. But it was just cool um, to get to go to the Ogier setting and just kind of see that little snippet of their world. So And I forget if that's the place where they bump into the group of Aiel who were veiled. Um Yes, that is. Mm -hmm. And then they have they have this conversation about the um basically the Aiel Aes Sedai like there's women who can wield the power in the Aiel mm -hmm. and they're they have a special yep. name um, yeah it's like they're Aes Sedai but they're like it's like a different kind of like they use the power differently I think it's something like that yeah yeah so that's I don't, an I don't remember their name glimpse. either yep but I think that is one of the things that like so full disclosure I have read more of these books um, but I was telling Tyler before the podcast that I can't really tell you much of anything. I remember a box and a character getting stuffed inside a box. And the other thing is I remember we learn more about these people that the IEL talk about. They're, they're so female Aes Sedai. Yeah, oh, I hope so. Well, since those Rand are, those are like, those are, you know, maybe as we read more, I will remember more things as I reread the books. But, yeah, sure. Like, I don't remember too much. Um, and I think I love doing it now because I get to read it a few more times. And, like, the story is really ingrained in my memory now. And I think I'll be able to pick up more of it and, like, yep. the thread of the whole story. And, you know, the more, like, the end of individual people's journeys through the stories because sometimes yep. you just lose the individual people in like the whole you yes. know process and of yep. going through the story but um yeah definitely those two things i remember <laughs> nice um yeah so the next oh, scene the portal is your favorite scene. yeah this was one of like the my favorite scenes from the book um rand and uh, Varen 
basically they go up to like the portal stone and they're like talking and i think this is was your quote from one of these scenes yep. right yep. yeah this is the quote uh from the first podcast where varen is saying that he's basically rand has got a gamble on which yep. portal world to use and he's like, I have no idea. Why are you asking me to make this choice? Yeah. Varen's like, we could go to a plane where only two plane where you cannot breathe, or we'd be yeah, there's no dead oxygen. instantly. Yeah, yeah, there's no oxygen, and we would die. <laughs> he's like, why are you asking me to do this? <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so basically, they Varen's like trying to convince him to like he has to make a decision. This is the only way, basically, that they can get there in a reasonable time frame. So it's either this or they're going to walk. Um, and so Rand uh, decides he has to do it. And he's just going to do do his best. And uh, we get these scenes um, as Rand is interacting with the portal stone. And they're, like the, the phrasing that Robert Jordan uses is flicker, flicker, flicker. And they're basically like these visions that Rand gets of like all of these potential alternate realities, alternate timelines or things that maybe happened in other uh, like turnings of the wheel um, that he may or may not remember um, like seeing lives that could have happened. Um, yeah. Just super. It's, yeah. It's yeah. It's really cool. Like uh, in one, like he always has the power and in some lives yep. he is caught and he is gentled yes. in others he hides it successfully always yep. he's going mad one yep. time he marries a Gwen and she's yep. like able to sort of help him but yep. um and then like the world is falling around his uh, around you know emmons field is just yep. like oh we're just gonna shear our sheep and yep. everyone else in the world is like falling and dying and he becomes a soldier in one life, and um, every time, in every life that he lives, he dies. And mm-hmm. in his ear is the dark one saying, "I win again, lose Theron." Yep. And uh, he hears I that just, over and over and over again. I just want to read this portion of it because this was like I think this is one of the last ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so good. So it says, "He was a soldier. He was a shepherd. He was a beggar and a king." He was a farmer, gleeman, sailor, carpenter. He was born, lived, and died, Aiel. He died mad, he died rotting, he died of sickness, accident, age. He was executed, and multitudes cheered his death. He proclaimed himself the dragon reborn and flung his banner across the sky. He ran from the power and hid. He lived and died never knowing. He held off the madness and the sickness for years. He succumbed between two winters. Sometimes Moraine came and took him away from the two rivers, alone or with those of his friends who had survived winter night. Sometimes she did not. Sometimes other Sedai came for him. Sometimes Redeja. Egwene married him. Egwene, stern-faced in, uh, in stole of Amritland's seat. I Sedai who gentled him. Egwene, with tears in her eyes, plunged a dagger into his heart, and he thanked her as he died. He loved other women, married other women, Elaine, and men, and a fair-haired farmer's daughter met on the road to Camelon, and women he had never seen before. He lived those lives, a hundred lives, more, so many he could not count them. And at the end of every life, as he lay dying, as he drew his final breath, a voice whispered in his ear, I have won again, Luz Theron. Flicker. 
Oh, and what a flip, what yeah. a masterclass of writing. That was just so good. So yeah. good. I got chills when you read it. It was good. Yeah. Um So like, yeah, that just gives you a picture of like the totality of like all the things that he was experiencing in those in those moments, like all the different potential futures or potential pasts that he could have had. Um I like the callback and a fair uh he married a fair haired farmer's daughter, met on the road to Camelin. Like the like yep. the girl that he met uh, with Matt whenever they were traveling. Like he married yep. that girl in one of one of the the alternate pasts or timelines. Um yeah, just, just stayed there right on the farm. Just yeah. hung out, just said, I'm not going any further. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so just like the all the potential like futures or things that could have happened based on if different decisions were made, like I love the idea that Moraine didn't come for some of them, right? So yep. he just got to stay in Emmons Field. He could marry to Gwen and they had kids or, you know, whatever it is. Or like this when it says, Egwene, with tears in her eyes, plunged a dagger into his heart and he thanked her as he died. It's like he is asking his own wife to kill him because he's going insane and he's going to kill other people around him and he knows it. Oh, just like... There's so many like little things about that, this paragraph that is super impactful and, uh, yeah, it's just such such great writing by Robert Jordan and, yeah, can't go can't go on and on about that this this scene and there was other parts of that scene as well that that I didn't read there so, uh, such good stuff. Yeah, it, yeah, that was really good and um, yeah, and I just love that like when I think about the multiverse like or the different turnings of the wheels and everything i feel like it gives me ownership over my life more like this is my timeline this is my life um because there are different quarantine quartermasters that maybe never became the quarantine quartermaster i don't know what that means for me but that's where i'm going um like i feel like there's this incredible amount of ownership like hey this is mine like and i might not be feeling that every day but Mm -hmm. there are so many different realities that you know this is the one that you're in charge of this is the one that you get to govern and and decide and and make decisions for so i find that really cool yeah there's like philosophical theory where like this this universe or this plane is like the best of all possible worlds kind of like how um People, you know, people make the argument against God, like, why does God let all these people die and they can't get to go to heaven or whatever? And some people's counter to that is maybe this is the this is the way, this is the world where the most amount of people possible can come to know Jesus, and that's the path that we're on, right? Oh, so I haven't heard that. That's very interesting. <clears throat> yeah, so like in the world with sin. Like there's always going to be people who don't come to heaven, but God chose the path that the most amount of people could have fellowship with him. Very Um, interesting. Yeah. So that kind of, it's like a little, little parallel there where like there could have been other paths or other decisions, uh, made because, you know, God's in charge of, of, you know, the world and he has it in the palm of his hand and he's making sure that the most amount of people come to know him, um, before the end. So, I don't know. Little little Christian parallel there. Um, That's good. But yeah, 
great scene really awesome um so uh through all of that stuff that's happening and Rand seeing all of those visions he is able to uh get them through the the portal stone and they come out um in uh Tomon's head I think it was maybe closer than they wanted to be if I remember correctly I think somebody one of them mentioned like wow we're so, super close we should shouldn't probably be this close they might see us or whatever um but the the reveal is that they've lost like I think it was four months yeah I think it's four months um which was like the opposite of what they wanted they were trying to get there quickly and instead they lost four months um but Huron still says like nah pot on fane still here I can smell him so um which pot on fane said he would wait for Rand so he probably knew this was a possibility that it would take him a long time to get there um so <clears throat> yeah so this is when we get to Tome on Head, and let's uh let's take a break from Matt or I always confuse Matt and Rand for some reason. So let's take a break from Rand's uh, portion of the story and go back with the uh, the women and the Shanchan. So we have uh, Leandrin betrayed the uh, the women. So Egwene uh, is a prisoner. Uh, Min is made some kind of servant, um, so she has a bit more freedom, but she's still kind of like under their their care, uh, the Sean Chan's care. And then Nynaeve and Elaine are able to escape, and they're kind of just in the in the town, uh, making do. I think they had some money, so they were able to buy like uh, a room in an inn, um, and kind of buy some time to figure out what's what they should do. Um, I'm trying to remember the the timeline here of when the women so, get yeah. sent and then whenever they arrive, uh, Rand and everybody else arrives. Yeah, I think they're so, closer um, together. Yeah. Um, so let's just review Sean Chan for those who are just joining us. Um, yes. I don't think we've given the background. So yeah, the Sean Chan are like an invading force from across the sea. They're super powerful. They have like monsters and stuff like the Grome. They have some flying creatures and they also have chained Aes Sedai. We would call them Aes Sedai. Um, people who can wield uh, the one power and they are just a force to be reckoned with. And then they make everyone take these oaths that like they will always obey and they will stand ready for the return of the Shan Chan. And then they're like, okay, go do your life. Now that you've taken your oaths, and um, yep. so they're they're very like laissez-faire, like okay, you've you've said your oaths, and yep. Um, they also have like a crazy amount of like obedience. Um, when our our hero Doman, uh, the the <clears throat> ship captain, meets High yep. Lord Turok, who is of the Shan Chan, he's like he has to like bow and like get on his face and like. Mm-hmm basically kiss the dirt he was like i wouldn't even do this for the most powerful people in our country like yeah. <laughs> this is what they all expect and everything um yep. so just a very different society i feel like at least the side we're meeting is very militaristic highly organized um 
and and they're the invading force and they've landed on Tomon Head and they basically have made it headquarters for their invasion, uh, which we don't know how deep into the land it's going. Um, but yep. I think I looked at a map of um, the Wheel of Time area and I believe Tomon Head is like to the south um, on the water. Um, and so these are the people that have captured Egwene and Min and... Egwene is now a leashed one, and she is a what is called a demani, which is any women who wield the one power can be chained. And then the owner of the leash, the Suldam, they, they use a device called the Adam. Yeah, the Adam. That's yep, that's it's like the, the leash chain that's around slash, their neck. Yeah, slash bracelet, and uh, yeah, and so basically you can think at the chained one and then they can be like really hurt and um you basically and that was where my quote from today's was um was Egwene saying how much she hated them forcing her to um to do whatever they wanted her to do so yep. i think Egwene spends weeks as a demani like i don't think it's short um yeah and she learns how to <clears throat> Um, create like earthquakes and stuff, basically use like earth magic. Um, and she also learns that she has an affinity for discovering rare, um, like minerals. rare minerals in the earth. Um, and they're like, Oh, very few Damani can do this. And I always, yeah. and I thought it was very interesting that, um, they call Aes Sedai Durath, Durm um, Dumani, which means like they they will be leashed um, eventually, yep. um, and I just thought like that's so interesting. Like, do people exist in a way that they will be something no matter what? Like, you know, you're just an uncaught, you know, Dumani is what you are. I said I, like it does that like. Does that exist? Like people are the way they are until something happens to them, or is it something that they were? I don't know. That mm -hmm. was just an interesting thing that like kind of stuck in my mind, like the way that the um, Sean Chan think about the Aes Sedai. You're just not caught yet. Is is like <laughs> yeah the the thing that they are into, and then like you have this power struggle between Leandrin, who serves the Dark One, and then the Sean Chan leader who serves the Dark One, and. She's, they both are like, one day you will bow to me, and one day you will mm -hmm. bow to me. Um, okay, where were we? So we did the background. Um, Egwene's prisoner um, as a Damani. I, I think it is weeks. And then that's yeah. when um, <clears throat> Nynaeve and Elaine um, They like hatch their... a plan. Yeah. Yep. And so their plan is basically... They're going to capture a Suldam and get her leash and then pretend to be a leashed one and, and sneak into the into the where they keep all the Damani, all the leashed ones, and get Egwene out. Mm -hmm. And then they find out this interesting thing where um, if you're a Suldam, which is the leash holder and basically the person who can inflict all the pain on the leashed one, that you actually can channel. And so they actually leash one of the Suldam and then um the suldam is is the person who's been hurting you know the demani for years and then she's forced mm -hmm. to endure it for just moments and she can't take it 
Um, very, very interesting. And, and also just like, like Robert Jordan building in a device uh, that, you know, you look at the eyes to die in book one and they're like these all powerful, like, yes, witch people who have like all this power and you're like, Oh man, like they're, they're basically unstoppable. And then you have this device that completely flips that premise on its head. Like they're completely vulnerable to being, you know, captured. And then once they are captured, there is literally nothing they can do of their own power to get themselves out. They have, and then they have to do things that they don't even want to do. They have to follow the Sul Dom. So to create that Mm -hmm. kind of like, like you have these women who are incredibly powerful in the first book and then completely vulnerable in the second book. Like I didn't yeah. see that coming. Like that was, that was a really yeah. cool like invention there. Um, and then it was revealed that the first Adam was um, made by an Aes Sedai. Yeah. They were the one who researched it and created it. Yeah. I think it's cool to give like, like there has to be a counter to, like your power, right? Like you can't just have like an all powerful magical being. It's cuz there that's that kind of a story is boring. Like there's no stakes, right? There's nothing like Didn't we read about that though? Didn't we read about that in Warbreaker? Isn't that um what's his name? The God King with all the breaths? Yeah. He was all powerful. Yeah, but they took his... they took it they took his tongue out right so oh yeah that's true they so he couldn't actually use any of it until the end of the book and then don't he spoil could. it <laughs> spoilers for a warbreaker oh yeah well we already did warbreaker People that's know true this. but what if somebody didn't listen to that episode they just came for wheel of time well we're we are a spoiler <laughs> hey it, it, we don't spoil future stuff, we, but if we're talking about a, a topic, we just we dig in. Yes, that's true. Sorry if you had. Okay, apologies to the listeners who have not yet listened to our first episode. That's true. I that apologize. was a, that was our first episode. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it feels like a long time ago. It does feel like a long um, time ago. But yeah, I like that they introduced like something that's a counter to the power of the Aes Sedai. Sort of like Superman has kryptonite. Like you have to have something that is that can defeat your your hero character. The ultimate right? power. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like even the Aes Sedai have ways to remove the power of their own people. Like they can gentle them. Like they can remove their uh, ability to touch the one power. They can take mm-hmm. it completely away. So. Actually, I don't think we've, uh, I don't know if they've ever said this, but I assume they could gentle another woman, right? It's not just reserved for men. Yeah, I think it's called stilled if it's still uh, a, a woman. Yeah, a woman's being stilled and a man's being gentle. Okay. Yeah, so they can still do that if there's some rogue Aes Sedai out there that they need to get rogue rid of. Demani. <laughs> rogue Demani. Rogue Demani. Darath Demani. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, kind of while they're hatching their plan and executing their plan to get uh, Egwene and Min out, at the same time we have Rand and Ingtar um, 
they go into the town that at Tomon Head, which is called F- Falma. Falma. Yep. Falma. Falma. Um. And basically, they're going uh, in there to try and get the horn back and the dagger. Um. And so they they go in there and they find the horn, and Rand has to uh, fight this. You mentioned Lord uh, High Lord Turak of the Shanjan. So Rand has to fight him. And this is like his test as he, if he's like a true blade master or not, right? So, which he is able to defeat him. Which, I, whenever I read that, like I didn't necessarily feel like that was earned. I like, agree. I didn't, I didn't necessarily... F- I understand that there had been time that passed and he had been training, but I didn't feel like he would have the skills to do that. I mean, he can channel, I guess. So he has like kind of a one up a little bit with his abilities. Um, I feel like that's the only like real explanation because I mean, he did not do enough training with land lands. Like I could turn you into a blade master in five years and ran openly admits like i was only there for a few months like there's yeah. no way that he's blade master level but yeah Turaco's like let's yeah. see what it takes to earn a heron on this side of the ocean which yeah. i thought was really interesting so yeah. i mean you know rand has the void which i feel like would would like take a level playing field and yeah. like take him up but yeah. like it, it like took like i feel like the like the um the void should have made him like a match for Turok because he was on like the defensive, but at sure. the end he surpasses Turok in his ability and, and yeah. kills him. And then yeah. you have that very weird scene where we just see the loyalty of the Shan Chan people and like the two servants are like through life we serve or something, and then they stab themselves. And they kill themselves and bleed out on the floor after Turok dies. And Matt is like, what is going on? Seriously, (laughs) what is happening right now? Oh, and then that was... Same reaction. um, And then uh, in that scene where they're going to... Where Rand's going to find Turok, uh, Matt Coffin stabs someone with the dagger. He finally is reunited with it. And then they, like, shrivel up, like, the, the... the injury yep. turns black and then their whole body turns black and then they're basically like a husk of a person and they yep. fall dead to the ground and everyone's like huh <laughs> and inktar is like see you're not gonna beat us that easy and then they all start fighting <laughs> i think um whenever pot on fane killed the fade or was it a merge all that he killed i think he used the dagger that's why that's how he was able to kill him Yeah, he, um, I remember him hammering stuff into the, yeah, Fade, Merdral. I think they're the name, like, they're synonymous terms. They're interchangeable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the scene with, with, with Rand and him winning that sword fight, I didn't feel like it was completely justified. Like, that's probably a critique I have about this book, is it seems like, like, Rand is untrained in channeling. So, like, even though he can do it, it doesn't... I don't feel like it should really give him, like, a one-up on his abilities just because 
Just because you can channel, I guess that means you could have like just like bursts of power or energy mm -hmm. come forth and you could win in that way, but I don't know, it doesn't feel necessarily earned like he didn't he didn't train long enough to be able to win that fight. Um yeah, as a sword master and yeah, and as a one as a wielder of the one power. Yeah. Well, if you're going to give a critique, I will match you critique. Um, All right. Here we go. I thought it was too easy the way that the um, the Horn of Valier changed hands because it did it <laughs> like three times. Yeah, like true. the fall, the the raid on Faldara, I get. Yep. Like they, they that was a forced effort. But then Rand's like, sneak oh, I'm just going to sneak into this camp and grab this little this humongous box. And that's right. and loyal is going to be able to carry it and walk out with it like this huge, huge box. And no one's going to wake up. And then they do wake up and they chase him. And then pot on Thane comes in and is like, oh, I got your I got the got the horn back. And then um, and then like him not being able to open it. And then Turok yeah. is like, oh, here's how you open it. Boop, 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 boop. And uh, I think Celine's able to open it. Those were the only parts where I was like, mm, yeah, maybe it could have been a little different. But, hey, you know sure. what? If that's my only critique of, like, the <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of pages. At least it's, like, I'm dramatic. Still say it. Like, you're like, oh, the horn's gone again. No. At yeah. Least yeah, at least it, it does like... feel that way. <laughs> yeah, because if they... Well, if they, the thing is, if they would have kept the horn in Karian and Ingtar would have gotten there and they kept it, then you wouldn't even have had like the rest of the whole story. Like they would have, well, there would have been something else that happened, I guess, if they were able to keep the horn. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there's always going to be some critiques. No book is perfect. Even Wheel of Time, whenever Robert Jordan write such great passages like the one we read earlier <laughs> it can't be perfect Flicker. <clears throat> but uh so we continue we have uh lord uh Hirok, or lord turok is defeated by rand so they get the horn and the dagger back and matt is reuniting with the dagger yeah he's very happy he gets his dagger back and he's not going to die anymore very good um, and so there's basically like when all of these events are happening, there's, so there's the escape attempt for, or escape the rescue attempt from, uh, Min and Nynaeve with the Shan Chan. There is Rand going to retrieve the horn and fighting, uh, Lord Turok. And there's also the kind of battle portion going on where we have the White Cloaks and the Shan Chan are about to have a battle here. And so we have uh, Geofram Bornhald. And he is, uh, he's one of the like White Cloaks. Um, we get some little flat like scenes with him throughout the book. Um, of some stuff happening. I can't really remember a specific scene that he's in. Um, but like we do, I think there's like three chapters maybe where we get some 
flashbacks to w- what he's doing and what's happening. What confuses me is like Bornhall and the other white cloak leaders. They both have B names, and I get them confused. Yes, there was the ship captain. Well, that's um, Domon. Um, but I'm yeah, talking Domon about the two the white captain. clocks. The two white cloaks both have B names. It's like Bornhald oh. and um, and Bayer. That's right, Bornhald oh, and Bayer. Yeah. Yes, that's and I, right. is isn't Bayer the one who's like the one who is like all angry at Perrin and like he's a dark friend. We should just kill him in the first book. Uh, Child Bayer, I yeah. think that's him. Yes, that's him. Yeah, um, but um, and then they they tell the one white cloak tells the other white cloak, "I'm going in. You need to tell my son." that I died doing white cloak duty and then he wasn't allowed to participate in the um yeah in the fight and he was upset about that and I just forget which B was which <laughs> I think Bornhall dies or is it Byer who dies I think it's Bornhall yeah I think it's Bornhall um so yeah basically all those things are happening at the same time or like around the same time and so as uh, like their whole group is escaping. Um, Rand, like they actually get to meet back up with Elaine or no, um, with, uh, Nynaeve and Egwene and, uh, they're kind of caught between the battle between the white cloaks and the Shan Chan. And this is where Matt just decides <laughs> I'm going to blow the horn. Cause I don't know. I guess I guess he was just like this is our only choice and we need to blow the horn right now. I'm trying yeah, I can't remember I, his, I thought that I can't was interesting specific reasoning. Did you I thought that Rand was going to be the person who blew the horn because yeah, I did he's too. the dragon reborn. He's like the most powerful person in the whole group. But no, it's Matt Coffin. <laughs> and uh the trickster, he kind So of Matt has that. a dagger and now he's got the horn. So He's yeah. the he's the collector of trinkets. But he but uh remember that when Arthur Hawkwing is summoned um and then the book kind of describes like a time freeze like where they like talk it out um he says we yep. we follow the banner yes. not the uh not the not horn the, so. not the horn blower yeah. And then that's when Perrin steps up and says give me the the banner and he makes like a little flag post out of it and he becomes the the banner bearer um for uh the returned might of Arthur Hawkwing and his entourage yeah yeah that was a cool scene it was cool to see them I don't remember all of the the characters that were there Arthur Hawkwing of course um but there was a few other Brigitte, I think, and her bow, I think, was one of them. Yep. And then they were all laughing at Rand uh, about his choice in women. And then uh, they were like, oh, yeah, you always choose ones that are feisty or something like that. Um, and then, uh, and then one of, and then I thought it was interesting that one of the people said, lose there, like they all address Rand as lose Theron. Which is also mm-hmm. interesting yes. to me. Like, why is like Luz Theron like the one that they all recognize? 
is because he was the last dragon reborn, but there were other iterations of Luz Theron. Like, why is Luz Theron the name that they use? Um, but one of them said, like, I have fought beside you as many times as I've fought against you. Like, I thought that they were always, like, if you were in this particular army, like, you were always on the side of the dragon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I guess that goes back to that cyclical nature, like... You know, sometimes we live different lives and our lives go different ways. But yeah, it's interesting to me because you you think of time as a wheel and it's supposed to be a prison like you can't escape from it. So it's interesting that, you know, one of those characters was like, I fought with you and I fought against you. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was a cool it was cool to see that all those characters come and have those little, uh, conversations. Um, so they basically go off and they, uh, they help to defeat the Sean Chan army. Um, I don't remember. Oh yeah. So the, the children of the, the white cloaks are defeated by the Sean Chan, but then Arthur Hawkwing and his group defeats the Sean Chan. So now it's just Arthur Hawkwing and his group, uh, with Rand. And then we have the, climactic sword battle between Rand and Baelzaman, uh, in which they fight in the sky so everybody can see. Um, similar to like the ending of the Eye of the World, again, I'm tra- kind of don't really remember all of the specific details of the battle. Maybe that's like my problem. Maybe I'm just not good at remembering details of climactic scenes. Maybe that's like my flaws. Or, as a, my <laughs> well, flaws you know, they reader. happen really fast. Like they do they, happen. There's really not fast. like a lot of meat to it. It's not like he explains them very yeah. deeply. It's just like this is a scene that happens and it's very yes. fast, but it's pivotal. <laughs> yeah, I feel like whenever I get to those scenes, I should read the chapter twice to let it like sink in. I'll do that for book three. <laughs> so Look, there we go. We'll figure it out. Yep. Um, I'm kind of just looking at the, at the wiki here to refresh my memory. Um, do you have, a- yeah, what's interesting. Uh, they said that Rand said that he felt like when he would push forward against the dark one, that his army, like Arter Hawkwing's army would surge forth against the Sean Chan. Hmm. Um, and some, and he knew in his head that they, those two battles were somehow linked. Um, and so I thought that was very interesting. Oh, and this is also the point where after high Lord Torok is defeated, um, and I think before Arter Hawkwing is summoned, Inktar has his confession that he is a dark friend, um, and mm-hmm. that he has been in, in in the entirety of the book. He says, you know, I've waited too long. We must find the horn. We must get the horn. And he's kind of got this like mantra every time, you know, yeah. Varen, I'm tired of waiting. We must go now. Like we have to yeah. find the horn. Um, he's very gun ho. Yeah. And then you find out that he was a dark friend and he's looking for salvation. He's looking to undo the wrong that he did at the beginning of the book of letting um the person with the um arrow come in and possibly also the whole full invasion of faldara um and all the people that died there because he was a dark friend and uh he was basically upset that his people the shinarans fight for 
freedom against the power of the Dark One and the Blight and the Trollocs. And then you have people living, the Queen and all her subjects and all these people living normal lives. And he's just upset that he's the one who's always having to fight and to do this stuff. And um, yeah. and that's why he became a Dark Friend. Um, yep. But Rand says, he, he was always my friend. Um, and so you just kind of see Rand's character that he knows someone... You know, even if they made the wrong decision, he's he's still willing to see that in them, the good in them. Um, so yeah. that's the way we need to be, obviously. Um, God wants us to see the good in others. Um, but I think yeah. there are limits on how much is tolerated. <laughs> sure. I guess we especially when I think to... about abusive relationships. I'm like, I don't think God wants us in abusive relationships. But I do yeah. think he wants us to forgive one another. I do believe that yeah. as well. We're supposed to love our enemies. Um, yep. But that doesn't mean we have to, like, let the enemy abuse us. <laughs> like you right, can still, exactly. You can still, like, love them as a person and, like, want the best for them. And maybe part of wanting the best for them is so that for them to stop acting the way they are, you know, so. And to establish boundaries on what's acceptable and what's yeah. not acceptable. Yep. Yes. Um, so there is the battle with Beelzemon. Um, just kind of looking at the wiki here. So it says that he's forced to, like, Rand is forced basically to let his enemy strike a blow to him so that he can attack Beelzemon, basically, because they're, like, the, they're too evenly matched, it seems like. So he has to, like, let his guard down. I think this was. Throughout the uh, the book, maybe not throughout the book, but there's a scene with um, Ingtar, I believe it is, and Rand, and Ingtar says something along the line along the lines of, like you have to know when to sheath your sword, like when is the right time to put down your weapon and to let the enemy attack you, um. And this is kind of like the culmination of that where like Rand realizes like I have to put my sword down for a moment so I can like basically win this battle. And that's like him sheathing his sword so that Beelzebub can get his attack through and that way Rand can then get an opening to attack the Dark One. Um, and yeah, so that was um, origin. I think those are Land's parting words to rand so after um rand sees the Aes Sedai, uh the amerlin seat and he's saying goodbye to lan um i think that's when lan is like i have one more lesson for you sheep herder sheathing the sword and he talks about taking your own life to to accomplish something um and then rand confronts himself several times he's like oh maybe i should just sheathe the sword and then it talks about death is as light as a feather and mm -hmm. life and duty is as heavy as a mountain. Um, and then Inktar also talks about sheathing the sword. So yeah, it does come up several times. Um, mm -hmm. And he takes his battle, his sword form, Heron in the rushes, which leaves him off balance, but ready for an attack. Um, yeah. And then that's when Min finds him uh, injured after the battle in the sky and she cares for him and that's where we have the like the one scene i i'm assuming it's only one page long with lanfear 
the most beautiful woman that Min has ever seen, comes in and gazes upon Rand as he's unconscious and, you know, I am Lanfear, girl, and uh, she's a yep. Forsaken, which means she serves the Dark One, and she's ultra-powerful, and I think she's been around since the breaking of the world. I think that's what a Forsaken... I think the Forsaken were trapped and bound the same way Shaitan was um, at the breaking of the world, when loose there mm-hmm. and broke the world. I think they were all captured. And so the seals are breaking, and more Forsaken are getting out. Um, yep. And so she just shows up, for like a page <laughs> and then she's back yeah. out of the book um and then then they're like on a cargo train i feel like and leaving and moraine is with uh rand when he wakes up and then she shows him a picture of him fighting the dark one and he's like don't show that to anyone and she's like they're in all the villages that we're going through everyone has heard <laughs> yeah. about how you fought the dark yep. lord in the sky on the on the day at <laughs> Tomon Head. Yep. Yeah, so that's kind of where we leave off our story. Um, Rand has he finally like accepts that he's the Dragon Reborn, and um, he decides to take up the banner. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where we leave off. And yeah, I think this was. Uh, a really good sequel. I really enjoyed the second book, probably a little more than uh, the first book, which I talked about that a little bit in part one. On uh, we talked about which book we preferred reading, uh, book one or book two. Um, so I think this one was a little bit better in my opinion. I think the story is a bit more streamlined, and also it's just like it's easier to follow along after you've been in the world a little bit. Like not everything is super new anymore. And you're already familiar with all of the characters and stuff. So, um, yeah. And there's just, like, the longer you see this with, like, a lot of fantasy series. Like, the longer they're in the world, like, I feel like the more things can get flushed out. And um, you kind of get to solve some more mysteries. But you also also get to have some new mysteries that you are looking forward to discovering later on. So, yeah, lots of great things for this um, and is Lanfear Celine I just is Lanfear Celine <laughs> um, I could look up the answer right now if we want <laughs> no nope. don't do that <laughs> nope I don't care about spoilers but I'm not gonna go look for them either yeah but you don't want to ruin the journey then that's you'll, right you'll always know what's gonna happen that's boring I'll never be surprised. Yeah. I don't want to do that. All right. Um, last little bit here. Uh, do you have any book three predictions or hopes or anything you want to see specifically in book three? Like something explored or something happened to a character? Well, as I mentioned, I've read these books before, and I just can't for the life of me remember where the story goes from from here. Um, But if I were to think... um, Well, I do know. I do know a little bit. So now that's the third thing that I remember. The box. We're going to learn about those Aiel women. And this kind of goes along with that. And I know that... um, 
the women are going to be trained a little bit more, or we're going to learn more about the magic system. And I forget if that's in this book and how the magic system actually works. So that'll be, that'll be fun to rediscover that. Um, how, how the uh, magic system works. So that's all I've got for book three. Yeah. Magic system would be really cool to explore more of. Um, I'd like to see more like Aes Sedai political stuff because we got a lot of that in the TV show, but we don't really get a lot of that in the books just yet. So looking forward to seeing some of that because I know they've pulled in stuff from later books into the show. Um, I want to see more Tom Marilyn because I'm always about Tom Marilyn. (laughs) You like Tom Marilyn. (laughs) So more Tom Marilyn, please. Um, I think I'm interested to have like learn about other characters. Like I'd like to see more point of view chapters from some of the other characters. Cause it's really bit just been all about Rand so far, which is fine. I mean, he's like the main character of the whole series. So it's probably good to start to have your first books, like really all about him and kind of getting to know who he is. Um, but I hope we get to learn a little bit more about some of the other characters and like their more internal dialogue and like how they think about the world and stuff. So yeah, like some of the stuff with the Aes Sedai, like Egwene and Nynaeve, seeing them get to uh, train and get more adept at their, with their powers and also Lan as well, or uh, Rand. Like I want to see him, like I said, he didn't really earn the sword fight win at the end. Like I wanted to, I want to see him like actually train and like, become like a true blade master like i want to see him achieve that um so maybe we'll get to go back with lan and train some more so i don't know we'll see anything else um no i'm just now i'm looking forward to uh i i've really enjoyed our wheel of time like discussions and everything but now i'm looking forward to uh promise of blood in next uh next podcast because like i said i've read that book a few times and um it's just it is it is much different from the books yeah. that we have been reading i think it's its own like little genre it's 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 a very niche uh you know where you have the powder mages and like the guns and the guns and the fantasy because usually you get yes. one or the other you either get guns where you get fantasy, but you don't get guns in fantasy very much, which is uh, yep. which is pretty cool. So I'm I'm looking forward to our. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna download it tonight on my phone so I can get it started for the morning commute. That's when I get all the commute, eighty minutes a day of commuting, maybe more. <laughs> so I get lots of lots of reading done on the commute. That's a good way to crank a lot of books out. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do next episode. We're going to do Promise of Blood. Um, not sure if we'll do... We'll probably do two episodes on that. Not sure. We'll have to, whenever I finish reading, I'll have to outline and see you know what we can talk about and stuff. So we'll just see what happens there. But that's what we'll be doing next for sure. Um, and then we'll also be doing some Dune um, as well. And I don't know, maybe if we like... If we like, if I like the first book a lot, maybe we'll just do uh, the next two, and we'll do the whole trilogy of uh, the Powder Mage trilogy. So, I don't know. We'll just we'll see what happens. If you have a preference, you, you wouldn't regret it. I'm I wouldn't regret saying. it. Yeah, I probably <laughs> <No>. wouldn't. <laughs> I, 
the first it's good so far i'm like halfway through so sweet if you have a preference of what we read leave a comment let us know or leave a review or any of those things um yeah if you want more pages of light content you can go over to our website pagesoflight.com you can check us out on social media uh facebook instagram goodreads go subscribe on youtube it is free and helps support uh this what am i calling this a brand this podcast this show whatever it is um and you can also watch the video version of this if you want to see our facial expressions when we talk instead of just our voices um you can also follow gabe at neighborhoodnerdservices.com and links for all of those things will be in the description so you can check that out as as well as a link to buy the book if you would like to um yeah please leave us a review on your favorite podcast app on apple podcasts um let us know what you think of the podcast and um yeah what you'd like to see us read next so we're always looking for new suggestions and there's lots of books out there so there's plenty of material um yeah anything else from you gabe uh we'll see you next time for promise of blood yes promise of blood we'll see you there all right thanks for listening or watching remember to keep reading and to share the gospel with somebody this week and we'll see you guys in the next episode see ya